the only mace I have in here. No, it needs to be more upbeat. It needs to be like... This is all I have! Okay, well, we'll get some more. Um, I was hoping... God, I, I gotta get these microphones fixed. Um, Alex requested mace. Or Diddy, or Biggie. Our intro, I, we need to have some intros that are like upbeat. Like Black Barbecue in the Ooh. Summer. I can dig those up. Good. I'll go on a little I'll rampage. A um, it's funny that you bring up Mace. I love Mace. Um, I heard a throwback track, one of the the originals that he was on with Diddy. <laughs> and I wonder if he ever looks back and... Because he's now like, he has found God. He, I think he was... He always had had God, I believe. Well, I think he has a, clo- a closer relationship. Hold on yeah. a second. Move that like, middle microphone to the side. Like Kanye. Ah, there we go. Hold on a second. Now talk. Like Kanye. No closer. <laughs> like Rev Run. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know what it was. And I was listening. And it was one of the popular ones. Like Feel So Good or something like that. Oh, I love Feel So Good. That's what I was looking for. And I thought it would be in here, but I don't have it. And I'm like, oh my god, the the things he's rapping about now, uh, the horrors. Not well now. I mean, back then that they're like somebody. Well, I guess Kanye would be the closest one, but Kanye was never like oh overly like sexual. Like you wouldn't no. want your mom to listen to it. No, no, not at all. And. I, that, that's really funny that you say that as we are talking as I'm planning a wedding and we're like kind of planning our vibe like I, I am curating our wedding vibe like a like an art museum and I need the DJ to mix out a lot like a lot of the stuff that I'm trying to bring back into the mix I mean but uh, rap songs these days are also kind of terrible it's just that we rap they rap about different <laughs> Things. What's so funny? Just like with every word in that sentence, you added five years to your age. <laughs> but it's just they rap about different things, and so some of the music that I want to hear um, at the cocktail hour and at the reception, like even the music that we want to come out to, is very inappropriate for my church-going aunties. Um. So yeah. But like I don't, the boys said the N word the other day, listen rapping to Lil Nas X, that was an interesting conversation. Oh well, let's have that. Can take it back to the Perrysburg thing, but hold on a second. <laughs> okay. When I in local news, <laughs> when I heard that uh, that Mace song last week, I, I don't remember what it was. But when you think about that era of rap, like you said the name, you said Biggie. Who else yeah. did you say? Diddy. Okay. Mace. If you go down to like the Southern classics, you have like big timers. No, they were later. Okay, well, th- we're talking about my age, my age group. Okay, but you're in the wrong era. Uh, uh, DMX. No, that was later. Oh my god! Like there are there- Tupac. Yes, thank you. That was the there, easy one. There are specific demarcations, and then the the beginning of Jay Z was part of that. Correct. Um. With that first album that that no white person listens to 
except people <laughs> who like music like I do. Um, like for for J for for Jay Z, the white people came in around "Can I Get a," and then they, and then they Can heard I get a whoa, whoa. and then they had the, heard the uncensored version. Like my whoa, <laughs> but at least he did the Annie song. So when I heard that Mace song last week, mm-hmm. um, so you, you just seem like like the biggest ever, like Biggie and Tupac. They're mm-hmm. always in everybody's top five. Uh, and Nas, yes, Nas is. Like criminally underrated. Like I have yeah. grown such an appreciation 100%. for him. Uh, like and the stuff that he was rapping about was important social stuff mm-hmm. where everybody else was like against the police and whatnot. Well, that's still social stuff. It just wasn't viewed in the same way as Nas. It right, was viewed as right. rebellious. Yes. Uh that's a great topic like for another NWA. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that like everybody was like the spawn of of that in a way. And Biggie's life where I listen to the Nas stuff and all his stuff lyrically would fit in and this is sad for society would fit in right with where things are now exactly um so I hear that Nace song I'm like damn it was on I think it was on the the No Way Out album do you remember the No Way Out album no so that was Diddy's big breakout um they're all it's black and white cover and they're all standing in suits in fact it would be a great well since you don't love the album it would be a great wedding picture I'll, <laughs> I'll spin this around to you you'll, you can look later on but the songs on that album which again back then it was like he got the the label of just uh sampling mm-hmm. and producing and he was the guy behind biggie but nobody was bigger than biggie and then biggie died the songs on that album can't can't nobody hold me down love it I'll be missing you. Love it. It's all about the Benjamins. Love it. And the remixes that came with it. Been around the world. Love it. So there's four. Like, one is a timeless song, I'll Be Missing You. Uh-huh. A couple other massive songs. Um, and then the fifth one, which I think would be a great intro, but goes against what you were looking for. And it was never a hit, but it was... You can probably still hear it in, like, arena intros. Victory? Hmm. Oh, it's so good. And then the Busta Rhymes remix of it. You, you as a young black woman mm-hmm. of the music that you like, should spend some time with the No Way Out album of Puff Daddy. I think I shall. You know, Spotify tends to remind you of what your most listened to music is. And I find that the last two years, the music I listen to the most are throwbacks. I, yeah. have, beca- I have reached that age in my life. And proud of it, damn it. Um, there's been a lot of data from the last two years that says people have gone even more so into music they're familiar with right. because they wanted the comfort of it. And and then there's the other thing of like, as you get older, you <laughs> you have a wider catalog mm-hmm. of things that you know, so you have more things to go back to. And I know a lot less about what's out today. Not saying it's trash, but trash adjacent. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. I, Fair. Because I, there are some... I, every genre, every time is unto itself. Are there more timeless hit songs now than there were then? No. We don't know because we're in the present. That's true. I don't think so though, because if we if we think back about songs that were in like 2008, 2010, Pitbull, Kesha, no, Nicki Minaj. Okay, so I'm only referring to rap. I'm not referring to pop because I always live for pop. I listen to Harry Styles on the way here. Um, Kendrick and Drake. I'm thinking like, no, I'm thinking like G- Young Jeezy. Um, that's earlier. No, that's 08. That's 08. That was that's my, like the end. That was like my graduating year. Like Soul Survivor? Yeah, that was like 06, 06, yeah. 08. So you like that stuff better? 
Um, I find myself listening to it, but it's it doesn't. It, I don't think it's going to ha- gain as much popularity as "Mo Money Mo Problems" will be like. Oh an icon of a song, you know? Possibly. But Gold Digger will be, and that's that era. I don't like Gold Digger, but yes, I. I never liked it then. Oh, okay. Let's 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 have a quick conversation about that. Uh, it didn't go anywhere on Facebook over the weekend, but name a throwback everybody likes that you think sucks. Oh. Gold Digger is a great start. Gold Digger um is oh God. I don't know. No diggity. Oh yeah. Yes. And then <sighs> my people don't disown me. This is how we do it. I agree. I'm done. I'm done with Montel Jordan. I'm done. We've it's heard overplayed. It. <laughs> I agree. There you go. Um, all right. I do want to do we we can do the N-word, but first, <laughs> let me give you my worst take ever. Okay. Did you see the Zy Cook story? About Hill Avenue being yeah. named after her? Yes. Yeah. And I I read the story today and I guess uh she seemed And I believe it's Zia Cook. Zaya. Is it? It's Zaya. Uh, very, very down to earth. Very relatable. I'm glad she's back. Sure. Her, I th- the story goes, her mom said, you need to go to Rogers. But I guess before she came home when she got here. And then there was the big surprise, the ceremony and everything. So here's my really awful take. Let's stop naming, let's stop giving streets second names. So it just leave it Hill Avenue. Yeah, and then there's something on Adams too that is named I think for an LGBT yeah. person. Yeah, like let's stop doing this. Not because we're going to run out of streets, and not because Mister Hill or whoever that is named for is is going to be upset. Although it's not at some point. Well, Adams is John Adams. Mm-hmm. There are probably still some John Washington. Adams fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I never knew that that East and West. North and South are lakes. the lakes, mm-hmm. and the presidents are east and west. Yeah. Dummy me. <laughs> anyway, one of these days we're going to inevitably um, piss off somebody who had a street name for them. Like, and it, like, it's lazy. Can we do something else? And again, this is a really bad take. And I get that it's in her neighborhood at her school, where one day maybe it'll be named for, I, I don't know, or give her the auditorium. But I, I hate, like, this already has a name. We're giving it another name. At least like when baseball stadiums do like such and such field mm-hmm. at Camden Yards or such and such at, uh, what's the uh, First Energy Field? Like Guardians Park at, at First Energy Field. Oh, That's Detroit. Like Hill already has a name. Sure. Like, let's, I, again. This I'm is, not against that. Okay, good. I'm not against that. I, I agree. I, I like... It, for Zaya Cook, it could be a gym, you know, a, a gym to go to, and maybe that gym, you get certain opportunities that are that were. Like I imagine Hill Avenue maybe had some significance in her life. Obviously, that's where Rogers is. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I know Steve Harvey was named after a street back in Cleveland. I don't. I, I mean. If you're referring to, like, it's different. Okay, back to rap. If you're referring to, like, Bone Thugs, where they constantly talk about St. Clair, so then you name a, a portion of St. Clair after, you know, Bone Thugs. That's, they do that with highways. That's completely different. But, um, yeah, maybe a gym. Maybe we expand or broaden how we honor those successful individuals coming from our area. Um, maybe I was just at the library um, today and there was a room at the library, I think, that was named after a judge. That's kind of smart. You know, those kinds of things. I know that the library has like a musical studio or something like that. If there was a successful musician from Toledo named that 
work after them if it's not already done. I it's it's very possible that the gym at Rogers is named after someone, someone already. Else. Although you could put Zia Zia Cook Court. Now the only thing is, only people in the school mm-hmm. see it. But I just don't like giving something a second name where there already is a name, and I get it, it gets more eyeballs on it. But it just seems lazy, and there's 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 a, a a better modern way out there to do this. Are you saying that because it's doing that person a disservice? Like we can honor them; they're deserving of a much higher honor than a street. That they don't have to share something with somebody. That's a good okay. So that's a good way of putting it. Because otherwise, you're like, get off my lawn about this street. Where your point is you feel like they're deserving of a higher honor that we can serve them in a better way and serve the community in a better way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. And I don't know what that is. Again, like, it already has a name. And mm-hmm. I say the same thing for, for any place like that. And that's not a, it's not a Toledo thing. It's an all over thing. Sorry, I wanted one of my no, you're fine. espresso beans. Um, the Wally play game seven tonight. Oh, I thought they were out. They uh, won, I think, four to one. Pretty dominant victory on Saturday in night. In Cincinnati. Uh, it was here. Oh, it was here because it was. It's they do it differently, I guess. In the, EC, in the ECHL to limit travel, mm-hmm. it's two, three, two. Wow! So they had six. They won. Game seven is tomorrow night. By the time, by the time something happens, it'll be sold out. They had a record of like eighty nine hundred fans. Well done. Which, so uh, we know Chief Armstrong. I think I think she means like when she said I go to all the Walleye games. I think she actually does. I believe it. Now. She's a fire chief, not necessarily a fire inspector, but I'm going to guess that there are some fire code violations with all those people. I doubt and it. She, <laughs> I, don't I know, doubt there's it. There's a lot of people in there. She's got to turn the job off sometime. Oh, absolutely. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying she would like sound the alarm, uh-huh. but like I, I almost want to send her a tweet or something and, and say like no, there can be no emergencies between 6 p.m. and midnight, Tuesday night. So the chief can enjoy her game. Yes. Hold it together. Not that she doesn't have people to go out and do this stuff, but I mean, like, there might be something where she is called to. I wish her an absence of worry for that period of time. I feel like as the leader and in the position that she's in, you're almost always going to be on some sort of mental and emotional standby for something tragic to happen. Um, And I wish her peace and the absence of mental and emotional worry for the amount of time for her to enjoy the walleye in the playoffs. Good and for I, her. And I hope it's a win because it gives me something to talk about. And mostly, and people enjoy it. Yeah. I like to see people enjoy these. Yes. Um. What else? Okay. Oh, hold on. Before we get to the to the serious stuff. Um. Did you see the Ernest Brewworks post? No. Have you been to any Ernest before? Except no. for their back patio on opening day. Was that what? Where might have been? Where was that? Oh, uh, you were at that. Wait, no, it was Juliana who we went to go see. Yeah, and Bethany. I'm like that was that that was the uh, the alleyway that we were at. Um, I don't even know what that says. So I see, <laughs> I see. Uh, Ernest is going to somewhere on Central, another tap room at Westgate. So kind of like the downtown one. Where? Thirty one, thirty four, the Westgate area where it's is, already very busy. Is that where SIP is? In that general area, I think. Where could they go? There okay. might, be, might be room in that shopping center. 
Hmm. That shopping center is jam packed all the time, except on the on the central side. Like the parking lot on the, the back. rear of the building is always like you're just just expect to park in yeah. the street. But on the central side, it's less. You less know, so. in Ashley's former life, that's where her olive oil store was. I did not know that, and I think we drove past it at one. I thought it. I don't know why I thought it was over by Black Kite. Okay. Um, but no, I did not know that. That's a great area. So Ernest is going to go over there, and I have sent out a correspondent seeking more info. Great. And I want to know if this is connected to uh, the NIMBYism uh, over at Southland. I don't think that Ernest, that, that big Ernest headquarters is going to the old Kroger location. We talked about that before. Yes. No. I don't think, because it would have been, it would have started already. And, and I think it did. It and did. It just, and then it just stopped. I think they did the gutting. That was like a year ago, though. I know. I know. And I, and it should have been open in the springtime where they were going to have a patio. And and their downtown location opened quicker than that. And it got announced after, right? No. I think it was, hey, we're opening this. And that, this is going to take two minutes. And this is not going to take gotcha. two minutes. But it was supposed to be patio and like more full service. I do think there's a location better suited. I think that we agreed that that location was like, mm, I love that location. I don't. Why? I don't know. Because it's a shopping center and people should be shopping in a shopping center. Are we referring to the shopping center that has Planet Fitness in it? Yeah. Yeah, no. I like that location. Nah, no. All right. Well, well, I'm looking... So I asked somebody to ask someone else. <laughs> I think that that is D-O-A, which sucks. Mm. Um, but I do want to know if it's because of... Something aside from that mixed-use place going in there that has pissed off everybody in that neighborhood that makes roughly the same amount of money anyway. Uh, that's a very cryptic way of putting it. You're just not not into that conversation on the pod today? No, I want to know the answer. I want to know... Well, because that... It would be a nice pairing. Sure. Because I'm sure in that... Oh, yeah. In, that, in a mixed-use place... 100%. Like, it saves that place by whatever developer, of already having a mm-hmm. social anchor. Like, I thought Ernest could have been a great anchor for that shopping center. I would agree. I don't, well, I don't necessarily think for the shopping center, but I think the value of being downtown, especially if you're younger, you still enjoy, like, social outings, you go to dinner. They were dinner. doing both. You, what do you mean? They, the downtown was happening. Oh, yeah. And so was the, the, the Kroger location. So are you saying that the, but the, okay, if I followed you correctly, there's a place going in at, there's a residential area coming to the in the Southland Shopping Center. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to put up a mixed use, mostly uh, affordable apartment housing in that shopping center because there's no shopping going on there. Right, um, and I, but I, I do with that coming there. I do like the idea of. Yeah. I do then like that idea because I think that it's really nice to be able. Imagine opening day. You know, we're downtown, we're walking around, we're enjoying ourselves, and then you just walk home compared to if you live anywhere else. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Wait. Ernest Brews were. There were two places. The downtown was never not happening. Correct. Over here, Planet Fitness. Right. There was going to be, they were going to close the one on Detroit. And open what is essentially like an earnest headquarters. And I like that. If there is a, a residential space going in there also, mm-hmm. I like the idea better. They were both happening. They, yeah, they, but I didn't like the Southland idea. And now I'm hearing that there's residential yes, apartments going in there. pissed off a lot of people. Now I like the Southland idea. So just If they were to both happen. Both what? 
the residential and the well it seems like the the affordable the housing will go in there and i want to know if it had anything to do with what is seemingly earnest not going in there now i get where you're going i'm just saying i like that that then is disappointing i would have liked it better if they would have stayed because there's the residential units coming in there well i have people out okay i have the question out sorry for the confusion um i can't i don't know what this oh did you see that our friend Maj is now Blade famous? No. Why? Uh, she uh, she made the Blade. Shout out to Maj. Is any of that ever good when you make the Blade? Depends. Um, so, I like to say it is a funny solution to a deadly problem. ProMedica introduces laughing gas as an opioid alternative. What? Yeah. Uh, for people who might need painkillers, uh, for post-surgery stuff. Oh, like in emergency departments and in, in hospitals. Yeah, they will. It's part of the uh, our our hot-looking doctor, Doctor Kaminsky. He is heading the pres- prescribing alternatives instead of narcotics. The pain project. Um, and Maj was a part of this. Well, well, well. Or they just quoted her. That she got quoted. Good for her. Um, I think it's a decent idea. Uh, anything to keep people off of opioids and, mm-hmm. and those types of mm-hmm. really hard drugs. And so far as I know, this isn't addictive. Um, it's very hard to say. I think that a lot of people who do have chronic pain probably get a little nervous when it comes to pain management mm-hmm. and what new changes will bring. So I'm really hoping that people who are using opioids and uh, using opioids appropriately and not misusing them don't have to suffer due to, to this switching up. Um, she noted that she's seen ProMedica make great strides in its safe prescribing and prevention efforts. Ultimately, I'm curious to see if it will have an effect. I think there's all these new things coming down the pike that were just kind of like trial and error trying to figure out. So hopefully this is something that could potentially make a dent. I can't see how it wouldn't. Um, giving someone that is likely far less far less addictive than the common painkillers mm-hmm. has to be helpful. Yeah, I, uh, you know, you don't really think about this. Some people have the privilege of not having to think about this, but um, it's not something that if you're not in recovery or if you don't live or work closely to somebody in recovery, it's not something that crosses your mind. But like a even a normal dental procedure where you would take pain medication after if you get your wisdom teeth pulled out someone in recovery can't do that and the amount of pain that they experience to avoid any to to make sure that their recovery is is not jeopardized is um a a real challenge and it's a privilege for those of us who don't live that life um that we don't even think about. So that's that's a that is a great thought and a great alternative and it's not something that people commonly think about. Unfortunately, I think it's going to get made fun of more than it's going to be discussed in like a you know what I it mean? Is like laughing gas. I think it it is laughing gas, no pun intended, but I think it's also going to get made fun of like, you know, much in the way that a lot of um solutions to the opioid crisis or drug addiction has been made fun of. Um, but if you are somebody like just take into consideration, if you break your leg and you go to the emergency department and they administer you pain meds, if you're someone in recovery, you have to often advocate for them not to do that and then take the lesser medication 
almost guaranteeing that you're going to feel pain compared to someone else. Yep. Um, and a lot of times those individuals in recovery, I mean, I have just heard horror stories of young people who have had sports injuries and then became addicted to drugs or have had a car accident and then became addicted to drugs because we weren't regulating what we were doing at that time. So it's such a privilege. Good for them for, for, um, considering that and I hope that we can I hope Maj is absolutely right there's so many trial and error solutions that are made and that are going to be made because we have to continue to adapt to the problem that is it's it's like we're not moving the needle at all but that's the work isn't being I heard that from somebody um, just the other day there's heroic work being done every day yet the needle's still not moving I think because a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, we had made some gain, Mm -hmm. and then the tidal wave of the pandemic just put us back in a bad spot. Anything we gained, we lost. Exactly. So, it is easy to laugh at, figuratively and literally, (laughs) but look, you paint the great... The right picture. When someone is in agonizing pain and they're in recovery, they can't and shouldn't be given certain medications, mm-hmm. Percocets and whatever else, mm-hmm. fentanyl. Um, would you rather have someone come in and give them hypnosis? I mean, if that works, it works. Something, yeah. So yeah. these are the alternatives. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the N-word. <laughs> um, the recap is the uh, Perrysburg, Anthony Wayne, lacrosse game. I believe it's Anthony Wayne the other day. The N-word was uttered towards a person of color on the Perrysburg team. The kid said, if anybody ever says this ever again, we're walking off the field. They did. Game ended. And uh, that's that's it. It's kind of over. Both school districts said they were investigating. Who knows if anything will come of it or if we hear of that. Um, I have one quick... I know when we talked about it over the weekend, you you were curious as to why it was such a deal when this happens all the time in city schools. Right. And my response to that, we can have that talk now, is because a bunch of white kids said it, and these are the places where this stuff quietly lives forever. Mm-hmm. Um, where I guess in city schools, this gets policed in the hallways mm-hmm. and on the fields, uh, whereas in a places of privilege, it is not so much. So mm-hmm. good for these kids. And my, yeah. my initial thought was, wow, somebody more racist than Perrysburg. <laughs> but it, again, it goes to show you what gets said in places that are far away from communities of color. I feel like something similar also got said in Bedford, maybe last football season or the football season before that. I know some people who would tell you that everything is said like that all the time in that community. Yeah, and I, I feel badly... Like before I even give my opinion, good for these young men, because I think that they are learning something and they are gaining an experience that I would hope they take with them for the rest of their lives. And I think doing things like this and the experience and the recognition and the validation that you did the right thing you do carry with you. And hopefully it manifests itself in other ways of their lives, because we need to our gener we need to make sure that the next generation have the right ideals, you know, not to say that we're all going to have the same, but I did kind of see this. I was a little cynical and I, I feel badly about it, but my cynicism comes from my own experiences. I grew up in Cleveland. I went to a predominantly black school. We had challenges like this often where we were playing white schools in our district and we were off. There was always racial, racial tension always. And it wasn't discussed. And it was, it happened more often to predominantly black students and got discussed less. And so 
I do meet it with cynicism. I don't intend to because I think the credit is due to all of these boys and, and their families because I think a lot of it also has to do with how they were raised. And if it's not even better that you're stepping up in a way that, you know, you're learning from your peers, not necessarily from your household. Um, but I like... I was cynical. I mean, and I, I, I think I had a tone that I felt bad about it. But I like when we were talking on the phone this weekend, I said, why is it such a big deal? I guess great for them. A great learning experience. But um, this happens so many times to kids of color in non-white schools, predominantly black schools. And it's just another day. Like we have all experienced racism before. And it's just another day. You know, so I I think that's the part where it's a a little not not even frustrating. I just get a little cynical and I think I'm not alone in that thought. I hope that Perrysburg is in a period of reflection. I hope so, too. And Mm self-evaluation because this is now four months after the water tower chat. Mm -hmm. So I hope that they are looking a little more open minded at their community. Um, these days. Yeah. I, I, and then I think that's the other part. I live in Perrysburg, so I have opinions about the city as a resident of Perrysburg, so I think my opinions are fair. I'm also uh, like on the Facebook group online, and I, I see, you know, not all the time, but a couple times a year, some really racially charged conversations. And this one, and you know, I like to read the comments. We all know this. I love to read the comments. And the comments were really positive. There were They were really positive. I mean, there was one or two like, well, we don't know what happened yet because there's still an investigation. But for the most part, the comments were really positive. But I, but I think, of course, they would because it makes Perrysburg look really good. When in retrospect, there's a lot of work that the city of Perrysburg and its community members need to do about um, accepting and living and, and being diverse um, and accepting that their population of people deserves to be beyond just white folks. So I, I tend to be critical and cynical to the community, but I overall absolutely complimentary to the young men and to the students. And I, I this is a wonderful learning example, and I, I'm excited to see how they take that going forward and standing up for their peers and what's right. You know, standing up for doing what's right in the future. Are your nephews flinging the N word at each other? <laughs> so this was an interesting com. It was an interesting dynamic, and I think we've talked about this maybe never on air. And I don't think I should. This is I, like I'm floating in the territory of I might. I probably shouldn't talk about my Ooh, family. Are, are you going to get a, a, gonna, a censuring like I got from Barry? Y- yes. Um, my nephews love Lil Nas X and in YouTube, it's hard to like what, when they go to YouTube to listen to music videos, they listen to the uncensored versions and I, Colin will be four next week and Andrew will be, oh my God, seven, I think, um, in July. And so they're still really young. And so when the N word comes up, they don't know that it's a bad word. And so they're just saying it like any other word compared to other cuss words that they know are curse words. And I think um, some of that has to do with my brother has yet to have the conversation that they are children of color. Like this is a podcast, so not everybody knows what I look like. We learned that from opening day. (laughs) But like we are a lighter complexion black folks and my brother married a white woman. So my nephews are passable by some people's standards. And 
So the conversation about who they are and their past has not been had. And I think my brother's a little bit afraid. And I even shocked myself. Like, in order to teach them why that's a bad word, you have to teach them about themselves. And I said to my brother, I'm like, listen, they don't. you don't need to have the Trayvon Martin conversation with them. And the fact that I even said that was terrible. But at, at, at the very least, the Sesame Street conversation might need to be had. It, you know? <laughs> wait, it's, Colin, uh, Colin's the younger one, right? Colin's the youngest. So at least... The, because even for like a seven-year-old, this is very hard to grasp. Yeah. There are 37-year-olds who can't grasp it, but they can probably get away with at least a Colin. Don't say that. It's a bit, Don't say that anymore. It's a bad word. Well, oh, why yeah. not? Because I said so. Oh, they did. Oh, absolutely. They did that. And he's that. like, fuck that. I'm going to say it. And I, no, 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 no. <laughs> he, they absolutely know now. And I'm not going to discredit my brother at all because they do wonderful parenting. But it is, it really is an interesting dynamic. And I think it's a dynamic that like uh, biracial children and biracial adults know all too well where we have to learn our identity and what that means as we get older and so we are less prepared to have conversations with our children like I'm ready but I'm not going to judge my brother and his family for maybe not being as ready or not feeling like the kids he's also there's a there's a point of I want to protect my kids innocence like you know I don't want to have the conversation with them because I want to protect their innocence and I think that's fair but I think there's on the other end of the argument at some point your kids won't have the privilege anymore to be innocent they're going to have to know the truth to protect themselves and to protect their lives but um I get the dynamic. It's rough. And who would have thought that a Lil Nas X song about the N-word or with the N-word in it would have brought out that conversation? Also, you t- but with kids these days, and I not to say kids these days, because what song was controversial for me? Um, Cisco, How Many Licks. You know what I mean? Like, how many licks? Like, Lil Nas X has some racy videos. And at one point, the kids were calling the song the Nakey song because he was, like, naked in the video. I think that's that's what I want. And have you heard the uncensored version? I don't want to. (laughs) But, like, how many licks? You know, I thought it was, like, the owl. What's that owl that was in the reading commercial? The the lollipop owl. pops or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And the the n-word is cultural yeah there are those other words and questions because it it, it really goes that's what i really fucking want yeah oh yeah 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 super horny so i know the video depicts it i think when i began to listen to some of those there was kind of like don't ask don't tell yep um until it came out in a way that I could be you harming had to, to be myself told. or I said it to a teacher. Yeah. And then you had to be telt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever told you this before. And this is a very serious discussion as we get towards the end of the podcast. And I think we're both kind of right, even though I don't get it right because I am I am white. I want the N-word to die in all forms. I have been told before by, by a black man saying the reason... That word is such a part of our our culture and discourse Mm -hmm. is we have strangled back the power of it Mm -hmm. from the plantation talk. Sure. And I get that. Mm -hmm. I would prefer it die so that it just dies. And like there were words 
in the 19th century that we don't use anymore. And I mm-hmm. mean just like common language words. Yeah. Whatever we used to call a car or whatever. We just don't use them anymore because they're from another time. Right. I wish we could do that with the N-word. So then... Because times like these, mm-hmm. like Perrysburg right. Anthony Wayne, right. there's going to be some hateful white person out there who will read that and say... I'm not going to let this word die. They might not use it in that community, but I'm going to flex my muscles so that we don't right. lose this and we don't lose this as a slur over a people we think are less than us. Right. I want... That person will continue to use it, but if we if we choke it off in other places, there will be fewer and fewer people like that because they... And look, I, I get that the devil's advocate will say, well... Someone will always be hateful, and they'll sure. find they'll find another word to use. Fine, let them find it. Let's choke this one off. Where, as the boys have found, you do not have to go far to find a a cousin of the hard er. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that if we were to abolish the word, um, I I actually feel like it would give it more power because there's some words that are said about anybody that it's like the absolute worst thing you could ever say where the word is used so often that it's still absolutely hateful rhetoric you can it's still like if you commit a crime while saying it could be considered a hate crime yeah you know what i mean but um i i appreciate that you acknowledge that you can't really have an opinion but i i understand what your opinion is i think that um the black community we've taken the word and we it is now ours to police and agree or disagree with as we see fit, which we always will forever and eternity. And because it's used so often, I think that you're always going to have the argument of who and who can say it and who can't, especially if it's in a song. Um, you would eliminate all of that if you just stop using the word. So I do get what I yeah. get what you're saying. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, I do subscribe to. I'm indifferent to it. I'm not someone that's going to like, and I'm not, and I don't think that you do at all because I think you also under, I think you have a unique perspective and understand deeply people who do use it. Don't, I I don't condemn them by any means. Black people, let me specify that black people who use the word and they use it in the casual form. I don't condemn them at all. Um, and then black people who choose not to use the word and their reasonings to not use the word, I don't condemn them either. So I fit right there in the middle. Um, but it, I think it's going to forever be a part of our, our as in black people's language. It's going to be our rhetoric and it's going to be our, it's like colorism. Like it's going to be our battle internally to fight till the, till the ends of time. Um, and it'll be, it'll represent itself in our art and in our music and in our culture um, whether we like it or not. And I think it's up to us to make sure that we police it ourselves and that we make sure that we educate those on why it's not appropriate to use, um, like my nephews and also like, you know, white people who choose to use it artistically, you know, when they're when they're rapping a song and the ones who choose to use it in a hateful way also. White people don't, don't get to use that in a song. But they do, you Jack, know. And they, like Jack Harlow? <laughs> But imagine like a Toledo version of Jack Harlow who's like rapping 
um, you know what I mean, who's rapping a Lil Nas X or a Nas or a Jay-Z and they just casually let the word out of their mouths. I mean, there's still those individuals that exist. There's still those like white kids that like only have black friends, only live in a culture of black people, but they're still not black, but they probably feel like they can say it. This is why as impossible as it is to tell, it's fueled by musical expression. Sure. It is impossible to go to 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 send a mass email out to to all to every hip hop artist. Go we're done using the word. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get people to stop saying it. But no. what you just illustrated mm-hmm. is, I think, more impossible. Mm-hmm. Trying to police it, mm-hmm. um, because as long as it lives in those lyrics, it you will. will. Ha- you will have that idiot who reiterates the word as opposed to not having it as a- at all. And it will live. Forever. I mean, again, in our culture, it's just from from the youth to our aunts and uncles to our grandparents. Like I sent you that video. Remember that video I sent you where I showed you like last year of the older gentleman that had dementia and he was like, good morning. And he was like, good morning. But he used another word. And it was like for me, it it was endearing. It was like it brought back memories. I mean, he used that word, but it was entertaining it gave me a sense of warmth it brought back memories it reminded me of my family it i hate to say that it brought me joy but it did you know but for you you were like this is like not to say that you thought it was offensive but you're like i don't <laughs> i don't know what to do and you know what i mean well, i don't know if i could laugh you could no you could laugh it was, you, it, was it was very funny it was, it was so funny right <laughs> he, it's it, it's it's like you're you're and and he said that vulgar. Word. Yeah, well, he said that because he's he's old, an older black guy. Correct. But you, you mentioned, I think he was also he had dementia. It's like that that old person that we all know, and they're just like screaming crazy things out. And that's correct. Kinda, it's sad and funny. That part was funny, and then I was like, oh shit, I can't be laughing. Correct. You could no, you can laugh. I, one of my fond memories of my dad. My dad passed of dementia. We all know this, and there is. I I think it, there's a term. I forget what it's called where some of where sometimes dementia patients can be really mean and that's not fun but sometimes personalities come out and it's just funny and I remember my dad was talking about someone and I'm like daddy stop being mean and he's like she's just fat black and ugly and I just will never forget that like joke and I think it's hilarious and Thomas and I to this day will still sometimes like take on that personality or like when my dad looked into the newspaper to try to find me a curves ad because he was like, hey, girl, you're getting a little round. And he was like he was gone. Like his mind was gone. License was taken. Phone was taken. Like he didn't have any of those things. But it was just hilarious. Like that unscripted, like vulgar, unfiltered. rough, unfiltered, you know, version of my dad that also threw in the N word every now and then. So. Let me wrap up with the most vile paragraph I have come across in some time. Mm. Are you ready? Yeah. Do, what kind of words do I dislike? Trigger, moist, band-aid. I'm okay with moist. Band-aid. The big consolidation trend has given people arguably the scale to have robust streaming services or subscriptions or a blend. And the people who have those scaled subscription services are pushing it hard. Uh, Says Kevin Krim, CEO of Advertising Technology and Analytics from some company. And the ones that aren't as big have to live with what they have got, which 
is still strong linear networks that have an audience. If we were doing drink at every business buzzword, I would be fucked up right now. Scale? All of them. Oh my God. Scale, linear, subscriptions, blend, <sighs> analytics in his title. Dear God. I'm going to get rid of all those words too. Do you feel like some people try too hard to make their work sound like snooty yes. and uptight? And I'm just like, it needs to be. You need to be able to read this across audiences. Like, yeah, like you, you know, you're using vocabulary to affirm your MBA. We're going on some tangents today. Not at all. That would, we 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 did everything I wanted to get. Other than we are now five months out from your wedding. <laughs> Didn't even. Am I going to remind you of this on no. like Labor Day? No, no. No, although I think we're getting to the point where, you know, we talked about me being not being a bridezilla. I'm not a bridezilla. I'm never going to be. But I think we're getting to the point where I'm getting a little annoyed. But it's because other people are being involved. I hope my mom's not listening. But like bridal shower conversations and, you know, work, other people being involved now are in their styles I, that I disagree with. <laughs> Maybe making me a little anxious. So, no, we're five months out. Yeah, I guess, wow, I'm going to be married in five months. Mm-hmm. Are they giving unsolicited opinions? No, not at all. Um, they're willing to help. So now I ha- I should have sent out the save the dates and I'm being lazy. And the, the longer I wait to send the save the dates is closer to sending the actual invitation, which is just a waste. No, send it together. You save st- I save postage. I guess so. So, um, yeah, actually, we might do that. Um, and also we're five months away and traditionally bridal showers happen in the three to two month mark. So I have to have something planned and who's going to take that on and what is that going to look like? And it's like, I'm so chill that when you force me out of my like chill, then I'm just like, do we have to even do this at all? (laughs) You know, it's it's everything you (laughs) and I, I don't want, I'm not registering for anything. So why even have it? But I, I get that people want to celebrate me. And so yeah. I think we're going to do like a Downton Abbey, Bridgerton style. I, we picked the manor house for the bridal shower. We just have to make sure it's available on whatever day we want to do. I'm kind of excited. Uh, it's interesting that you bring that up. So I see Downton Abbey, and we'll wrap up with in, in, in less than five <laughs> <We> minutes. We promise. <laughs> Downton Abbey is leaving Netflix. and Bad I, timing. There, so is there a movie? There's a yeah. movie coming, New Age, in a couple of weeks. Like, why yeah. would they, unless they're leaving Netflix by the end of June, then that would make sense. But uh, I think that's when it is. Oh, okay, fine, that makes sense. But it's fascinating to watch Netflix get stabbed. Was it, did you, was it Julius Caesar? Like, he was stabbed by all of his lieutenants, like something 12 stab wounds. No, it was Jon Snow. And the Night's Watch. Well, that too. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm sure the imagery was, the, that, that was the point anyway, but watching Netflix die because they they make crap, they spend too much money on things that are shit, and now they're losing all the shows that built the service. Can I say, and I need somebody to look this up if it hasn't been looked up already, and, and, and report back to us, are Johnny Depp shows and movies getting more popular now than they were before? Probably. I believe they are. Probably. Shamelessly, and I'm not saying, because I don't think, I mean, I have opinions, but I'll keep it to myself. Uh, I have rewatched Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean, Caribbean, tomato, tomato. But nobody has rewatched Aquaman. Amber Heard was in there. Oh, no. 
That's right. Not yet, at least. Uh, you don't watch Ozark, right? I do not, no. Did you see everyone on the internet ruining it this weekend? I heard it was terrible. The last episode, or the like the ending, and I said, mm, be a Daenerys Targaryen fan then, huh, during Game of Thrones. I do not want, I do not want any more grief given to me because me not waiting through a weekend to offer an opinion on something because I saw Ozark everywhere this weekend. Yeah, I'm not even going to bother with Ozark. I couldn't get past the first like episode or two, so I just... Jason Bateman to me will never be anyone besides Mallory Keaton's real life brother. Don't know who that is, but okay. It was an 80s show, the Michael J. Fox one where he got famous. Yeah, before it's before uh, yes. my time. I hate you, that you elderly, Basically. you old man. Um, last thing, where, where, where should we go for dinner with my dad? <gasps> mm, I want to go. I guess you would know what your dad likes if he's not a swanky kind of person. Not, and we're not doing down. He's a TGI Fridays kind of person. Yeah, then that's not happening. No, I, I will. But I do love Fridays. I do. What's so? Josh and Bethany are going to go. So we'll be, the three of us will be near Josh me. Josh Fry or Josh? Josh here. Okay. Um, it would be great if you didn't go home from work and you can come over as like my work day ends. Sure. Most likely. So this this area around here? Yeah. Does anything jump to mind? Not off the top of my head. Oh, I just thought tan- Tandoor. You have a better chance of my dad actually moving to India. <laughs> I was going to say the jewel, but no. <laughs> no. What about spicy tuna? Yeah, no. <laughs> Barry. Yeah, not not in his in his towel in his palate. Um, we'll have to think about that. I don't okay. know. All right. No idea. Are you gonna do a live bye bye for us? <gasps> bye bye. What what air in that one? Very airy. Also, shout out to Jason. I saw Jason today at the library, and he's fantastic, and I quite enjoy him. Happy birthday to Neil. We should be friends. <gasps> Is that today? Yeah. Neil's performing at my wedding. What? He is. I I'm didn't... so excited. He what's all... what's he gonna do? He is gonna do the tribute to our parents. So he's gonna do the the most emotional part. X. I did not know. He is. He well. He just offered last week, and originally I said no because one time is fantastic, and we're paying him lots of money. And then I thought about it, and I said, you know what? This could be nice, and I may or may not gift it to Thomas. I'm not sure. I kind of want him to know because I don't want him to be a puddle on the floor in front of people without knowing. Neil or Thomas? Thomas. Got it. Okay. 